Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard, and welcome to the One Giant Mind podcast. In this episode, my dear friend and student, Jesse Israel, a huge influencer in the meditation world here in New York City, was probably responsible for exposing tens of thousands of people to meditation through his events, the Big Quiet and Medi Club, uh, has just recently graduated with the One Giant Mind Meditation Teacher Training Program. And I'm so in admiration for his uh, courage to propose the question that he does in this episode, which is, if I'm stepping into the role of proclaiming that meditation helps with anxiety and stress, am I a phony if I'm still experiencing these things in my personal life? It's such a great conversation and I hope you enjoy it. So I've just completed the One Giant Mind teacher training. Very excited. So am I. And I've been faced with an interesting situation, which is that as I go into my first course, which is in three days, I'm faced with the reality that I'm going to be teaching a practice that I'm going to be mentioning helps people with um, stress, anxiety, all sort of the, a lot of the great challenges that we're faced with in this world today. Mm. Yet I still very much am confronted by all of those realities in my own life. So I've been, I've been dealing with this interesting situation of, I've got knowledge that I know can help people, mm. but I also feel like a lot of the things that I'm ready to share and help people with are things that are still very present and real for me. Mm. And there's a little bit of a, am I a phony? Mm. Am I, am I a teaching imposter? Because I still can experience some of these things, even though I've been meditating for seven years. Yeah. So I, I also feel like it's important to have those experiences so I can relate to my students. But I just thought it'd be cool to hear you talk to this notion of vulnerability and the expression of what's real for us as we go into teaching versus I'm the teacher, everything's cool, I know it all mm. kind of experience. Yeah. Well, as you'll recall, well, firstly, I want to say thank you for being so courageous to share that because so many people wouldn't because that exposes a vulnerability in them um, that is, you know, a, very much a part of the human psyche. Some of our deepest insecurity is that we don't feel as though we're worthy of belonging. We're worthy of contributing what we feel as though we're here to contribute. You feel called to teaching, right? And we overlay that unworthiness on whatever it is that we feel is important to us. Now, for you, it's, I feel like a phony as a teacher. For somebody that's, you know, into science and wants to, you know, crack the code on a formula, what would inhibit them is that same underlying thing that plagues our entire species. We collectively share in a belief that we are somehow innately flawed and unworthy of any kind of greatness that would see the unfolding of our potential and the outcomes that we desire most, whatever that might be for you, however you envisage yourself as being a successful teacher. We're at odds with ourselves at a fundamental level here. And this is not something that is isolated to you and specifically to you as a teacher, but every single one of us experience on some level or another where our worthiness is constantly in question. 
And that is because we have been conditioned into a way of being that has us disconnected from ourselves and each other as a community, whereby we're given permission to be flawed humans with the recognition that we are in a process of developing, unfolding our potential, becoming who and what we are. That isn't culturally celebrated to the extent that people will go to such great lengths and invest such enormous amounts of energy to fabricate a persona, a veneer, a illusion <laughs> that they are something so much more or other than what's actually really going on on that level of vulnerability. And we describe this as narcissism in the modern day and age. Narcissism is a, a projection of our deeper sense of our greatness, but without wanting to look at the shadow of our wounding. Ignoring the fact that we are wounded and we feel vulnerable, um, and just presenting a veneer that I'm awesome and I have nothing wrong with me. And as long as you agree with me, everything's fine. <laughs> you disagree with me and we've got problems. Actually, you've got problems. You don't want to cross a narcissist. <laughs> mm -hmm. You don't want to point out what's wrong with a narcissist because you're sticking your finger in the wound. The reality is we've all got a little bit of narcissismitis. <laughs> in this modern, modern age, because we've been bred to be that way. In order to survive, particularly in the United States, I notice, it's all about like presenting the best self. And I think it's essentially well-intended, but it's kind of gone a bit skew-if. And, and what it's done is it's bred a kind of psychological makeup that is really not serving anybody. And so I wanted to talk about that first before addressing this particular issue. It's something that we're all experiencing to a degree. We're, we're all feeling like at times that maybe we don't have the level of expertise or the capability, or we're just simply not good enough to be in this role. Who am I? Because quite often we ask the question, who the hell are you? You know, we can be fierce in our judgment. Who are you, you joker? You know? And so there's that interplay that's always taking place. And like anything, when we can become aware of the root cause of our issues, then we're kind of 50% of the way there in terms of resolving it. You need to be aware of the problem, you know, before you can address it. And so... The fact that you can sit here and have this conversation with me, you know, hats off to you as per usual, Jesse, because, you know, one thing I admire so much about you is your courageousness to kind of move into that vulnerability and investigate. Right. I want to just, I want to know why this is happening. You know, you're, you're an exception to a very general rule where people are more likely to defend themselves and present a, nothing's wrong with me. I've got no problems. It's you. You're, you're very willing to just look in and go, okay, I'm willing to accept that I might be contributing to the problem here. <laughs> what role am I playing? And this is the next step 
willingness to look at it and then willingness to take some responsibility. So, you know, you're doing great. When we accept that we have a collective neurosis, that, it, that it's kind of a part of all of us and it's not just you, what that does is it kind of provides a degree of relief. We cease personalizing our problem and what we start to do is recognize it in everyone. And what that does is it starts to promote this sense of belonging. Well, even when we identify with our common ailments and common condition, that can be a very powerful trigger for compassion. And what we want to do when we identify that there is a bit of a, a tick in the system, a bit of a neurosis, is we don't want to be reactive to it and perpetuate the dynamic of self-loathing and self-deprecation and self-judgment, which just adds to the, the glugginess of unworthiness inside of us. What we want to do as quickly as possible is love ourselves, <laughs> be compassionate, go, okay, there's something going on here. And this is not just isolated to me. And this didn't happen overnight. This has been going on for a long, long time. And it's a very big part of the human challenge, the human collective condition. And I, as an individual, embrace the responsibility to look at it head on and with the best of my own power, my own will, I'm going to experiment and explore how I can overcome this, which I believe you are doing beautifully by just, despite the fact that you feel unworthy <laughs> of the role, because, you know, you, you might feel hypocritical. You're sharing all of these beautiful insights and this beautiful knowledge and technique and process to alleviate these symptoms. And concerned that because you're not experiencing all of those things, that you might be, you know, being misleading or dishonest or manipulative in some way, perhaps. And the, the simplest remedy to all of this is being willing to go on a journey of discovery because you are only ever going to overcome your own self-doubt and your own unworthiness through a process of generating evidence that you are lovable, you are worthy, <laughs> and that you are in your right to claim that power and be everything you know yourself to be, irrespective of this kind of background noise that says you're not, you're not worthy. You're a hypocrite, you're a phony, you're a fraud. The only way that you overcome that is incrementally building the confidence time and time again showing up. And in your case, it's going to be a case of showing up to every course, feeling those terrible feelings, breathing into them and affirming the truth. I do not have to be a perfected human because I've never presented that I, I am a perfected human. I'm not selling perfection. I am teaching an elegant process of self-discovery and it doesn't require perfection in order for you to begin that process. And what that makes you is, as you said, eminently relatable and people will learn from you. If you are in a perfected state, it's very, very difficult for anyone to learn from you. 
because they can't relate to how you got there, nor can they relate to what it's like to be there. Your greatest teaching is through your, the sharing of your own experience. Hey, I'm just like you. I wake up in the mornings and I feel really anxious sometimes. But this is what I do. And it really works. It's helped me develop incredible confidence and capability and insight. And I see such value in this process that I want to dedicate my time to sharing it with you. And so this whole idea of needing to be something that you're not is just something you need to look at that perhaps is somewhat self-imposed. Because when I trained you, I certainly made a huge point of saying we are not ever trying to present ourselves as being in some kind of perfected state. Because that actually is a non-reality. It's, it's, a, it's a delusional thing. Perfection, as far as I'm concerned, is having the perfect amount of commitment to accepting everything good and bad about yourself. Perfect acceptance. That's about as perfect as we can get. And when we're in a full state of acceptance of what we are, then we're allowing ourselves to resolve ourselves and be more of ourselves. That's all we can hope for. And when we're doing that, it's happening. You're growing. You're becoming better and better and better and better and better and better. And that's what you're selling. That's all we're selling. We're not selling some perfected state. It's nonsense. So from this perspective... All that's required in your teaching process is just surrender into exactly what you're experiencing, lean on the process that you've studied, that's tried and tested, very effective, and just allow yourself to be human, whatever you're experiencing, whatever is going on, and make no apology for it, ever. Never apologize for your humanness. And that will be the thing that causes all your students to just really get you and understand you and want to go on the journey with you and learn from you and you from them, ultimately. Is that helpful? Yeah. I've got a couple more questions about it. Man. Yeah, please. One of the things that you talk about in the course that I really love is this idea of lived experience first, knowledge second. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you feel like as as individuals step into their roles as teachers, if the lived experience of adversity or suffering can actually create value for becoming a teacher. Of course. Because, you know, we're making ourselves available for anybody that has recognized the unsustainability of denying their suffering. <laughs> People get to a point where they're no longer willing to deny the fact that they're just not having a good time. And they'd like to do something about it. And they heard about this meditation thing. And, you know, that Jesse guy, he's, he seems pretty, pretty interesting. I, I'd love to, I'd love to learn something more about it. He seems relatable, approachable. He seems like me. He's not kind of some weirdo like that Johnny guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is our own personal journey that the teaching comes alive through, that the knowledge comes alive through. It's only ever understood through the story of our own personal experiences. The only reason why all of this that I'm sharing with you makes sense is because I personally 
have gone through it all. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not speaking, you know, arbitrarily about anything. Everything, I can only speak about it because I have some knowingness of it because of my own personal experience. And that's it. And that's what makes what I'm saying to you relatable to you. And it is only our personal journey and the fact that we've made the commitment to ourselves to resolve it or to at least be engaged in the process of resolving what we're at odds with within ourselves, that gives us the authority to speak about it. And there are, in fact, lots of teachers out there, as much as I don't like highlighting what I don't like that much, but there are lots of teachers out there that have not done the work and are presenting a veneer. And, you know, it is, you know, a, a narcissistic pursuit. And you can smell it from a mile away. <laughs> and it's, it's stinky and it's, it's actually quite destructive. It can be very dangerous for people. You know, what is going to distinguish you as a powerful teacher is to the extent that you embrace your humanness and be unapologetic about it. It's a journey that has no absolute manual, no playbook, that's absolute and definitive. It's intuitive and it's play-by-play. -play. Let's work it out. How are we doing this? 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 And your discoveries are going to be the things that enrich and enliven and elevate the people that come to you and want to learn. Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. That was very helpful to hear and uh, quite empowering. And um, I think an, an important part of the process of stepping into becoming a teacher. So thanks for highlighting that. Mm, my pleasure. If you're a teacher or somebody that's considering becoming a teacher in anything, but specifically meditation, the most important thing to realize here is that there is no such thing as perfection in the context of, you know, being completely absent of fear, anxiety, stress, self-doubt, and all of these things that we are teaching people to overcome. What's important to remember is that what we're after is perfect commitment, perfect diligence. And what that means is just whenever we remember that we've forgotten the truth of who we are, to assume that role of our personal power and continue on in that state. And the whole journey is about remembering and forgetting until those increments become smaller and shorter. And over time, through our personal practice, through the practice of teaching, it reinforces the truth of who we are. And so if you are somebody that's thinking about becoming a teacher and this is the only thing that is stopping you from diving in, then I really encourage you to take the leap. Special thanks to our show producers, Trevor Exter and Sean Tomlin. Music by Ali. Special thanks to Andrea Stern for allowing us to record all of our sessions in her beautiful studio and to all the One Giant Mind team. Thank you for listening and being a part of One Giant Mind. If you don't already and you're interested in learning to meditate, an easy free way is to download the One Giant Mind Learn Meditation mobile app on iTunes or Google Play. The best way to learn, however, is from a teacher. And if you're interested in learning the One Giant Mind technique, email us at teachers at onegiantmind.com and we'll help you find a teacher in your area. If you're a passionate meditator and the idea of becoming a teacher is something that inspires you, consider becoming certified with the One Giant Mind Meditation Teacher Training Program that I've developed. 
The certification program is 100% online and can be done on your smartphone, laptop or tablet anywhere in the world. Teaching can be one of the most fulfilling experiences because you're having such a meaningful impact in people's lives. If you're interested in enrolling and would like to receive a special discount, email teachers at onegiantmind.com and mention the One Giant Mind podcast to get a great discount. Finally, if you enjoy our show, please share it with your friends and give us a review because it improves our rankings and helps others find this podcast. And I really hope you can join us for the next episode.